Welcome to the Moon God Pod. I'm your host, JWOW LAX, and today we have Ohatis Bodega. Um, I, I can't say that name five times fast, uh, but I love saying it. it. It makes my mouth feel happy. Um, want to apologize uh, for taking a little week and a half hiatus. Uh, we were all in Miami, and that's where I met the our guest today. Um, chopping it up, Art Basil was awesome. We're definitely going to dive into uh, elements of that and so much more today. Um, but we're back better than ever, as a lot of radio old school guys like to say. Uh, but today, Jose Ojedas Bodegas is joining us. Jose, right away, uh, let's sure. break down, let's break down the original naming, uh, the Discord name, the social name, uh, just. Just bring us full circle on on what what this all means. Who am I? What is this? Well, first off, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. It feels very surreal here. Um, <laughs> when I saw you in Miami, I told you that I was caught up to all the episodes. Um, I want to tell you that I think you're doing a big service to our community. Um, and I don't know what other communities do, but I think they should take uh, a look at this. Because... When I met you, I felt like I already knew you to a degree and other people, right? We get so many backstories to these people who are just uh, anonymous little creatures on our screen. So thanks for that. Um, me. So my name is Jose Ojeda. Um, my last name's Ojeda. When I was thinking of a Twitter name, uh, Ojeda rhymed with Bodega. And I thought it just kind of rolled off the tongue pretty well. Um, so I'm also an artist. In grad school, uh, I had an installation called installation project called Ojeda's Bodega. So I actually created like a storefront, um, you know, with an awning, uh, hearkening to New York City bodegas, you know, from on the block. So I would have uh, things for sale. I would have prints and artwork that I created. Uh, so it became a nice community space that I was building. And I even had a podcast. It was called Ojeda's Bodega Podcast. It was a whole thing. That was my brand. That became my Twitter. That became my socials. And then it's just stuck, right? And so how do you how do you get away with something that, that everyone knows you as? Um, so I, I no longer have the Bodega storefront. I no longer have that podcast. Uh, but the name still sticks around. And, you know, I keep it around because it rhymes. Ojeda's Bodega. Why not? We were actually talking about it at the, you know, right before we uh, hit the record button. And, and it reminds me kind of like how things come full circle. It's like, it's like 1999, 2000 all over again when people are like creating like their first emails. You know, my, one of my first ones actually, like my instant messenger screen name to truly date me was ASU Laxer. Appalachian State University, uh, lax as in relax, but also I played on the club lacrosse team, so mm -hmm. I was a lacrosse player, and I just thought I was like just so creative. And now, Perfect. especially with all the socials and stuff, and, and it's like this hindsight where it's like, man, I've got this whole connection with this name, you know, and this identity, but like you'd want to like kind of create it all. And that it, it's also interesting too because like the different names in this space, like there's a lot of people that want to kind of remain anonymous, you know? Right. Um, like, so, that, so like they have this whole identity, you know, we have the Dinglings, the Prankskis, you know, um, it, it is, it's almost like coming kind of full circle and almost cool again to have like the cool screen name. 
it, yeah, and then you become iconic, right? Like everyone knows. I have no idea who Pranksy is. You know, I don't know their real name. Obviously, they're docs, but you recognize these names. Um, an example: I'm rocking the Stirpan shirt, and um, Stirpan. That's what everyone calls him. Yeah, I, I often would forget his actual name. I think it took me a few touch points, and and now I remember. But still, everyone calls him Stirpan. So, well, it's it's ice. Is his first name Cream? Is his last name? Is that right? That's his. Yeah, you're right. That's the uh, middle name. <laughs> so, uh, anyone watching the video might have saw like a little glitch in the matrix. Uh, Loveox is with us today. Uh, we weren't sure if he was going to hop on, but uh, Loveox, good to have you on. And uh, Jose is here joining us. Um, you all, I, I, I want to get. Uh, uh, Jose's first impression of meeting Lovox for the first time. First, let's welcome Lovox to the stage. Gentlemen, I appreciate that. Pardon my tardiness. I had uh, another commitment, but it it finished, and I have the uh, pleasure to meet with Ojeda's Bodega. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Please clap my hand if I did not. Pleasure to see you, sir. Thank you. No, happy to reconnect. I mean, we we re we touch base at. Um, Ferocious's uh art show or art um paint 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 party. Yeah, that's where we met up. It was really cool seeing a lot of the community there. Oh, I agree, absolutely. So uh we broke down uh Ojeda's bodega name. Um I would like to kind of start this uh particular episode because we're coming right off the heels of Art Basil. And Jose, I would just kind of like to know like how long were you there? What was your overall feel um, just for Art Basel? And then we'll kind of deep dive into the sure. Olaku experience. So I, I was there Friday to Sunday. So I missed Thursday um, where everyone kind of got together for the Aku event. So I was bummed about that, but I had already booked my plans. So I was there about three days. It was very quick. My impressions were that there was too much to do in too many places. Um, and, you know, often you had to make a decision. Am I going to... And also with the traffic, am I going to stay on this side of the bridge or that? And I think if you're not familiar with Miami or Basel, um, you know, you, you can get lost and you can lose your time and not do everything you wanted to. You get very ambitious in this space. There's this, there's that, there's that. Um, and you can't do it all. But you, the things I was able to do, which for me is the most important, is meet up with friends, right? Meet up with people, make those connections. Um and the art was kind of like secondary. I did see some really cool stuff, but primarily it was it was about people. Did you uh, go to uh, Basel last year? No, no, I didn't. I didn't go last year. You know, probably family stuff. Also, it was still in the in the heels of like the pandemic. Travel was kind of kind of sketchy, um, so I, I didn't make it out there then. I FOMO, right? Because it looked great. It looked amazing. So, um, you, I mean, you're a legit artist, not saying that anyone else is, you know, like, like the digital, the NFT space, you know, obviously these are real artists too. How do you see it in, in like, and in, in did you see like a bit of a merge from, you know, it seems like I, I'm going to guess that the last two years, Art mm -hmm. Basel has had this, um, just like huge collaboration of the digital world versus, what I would consider like the fashion week of art. Um, are we seeing like more, like I, I, I kind of felt like, now granted, you know, I was very specific on where I went. I did Aku, uh, we did Fawocious, uh, right. you know, so I, all my little things were there 
is it blending together? Is it are those two worlds truly meeting, or is it just more like an excuse for like NFT world to just be somewhere that like like are we st- are we still kind of outside the true party, or is it is it a blend? It's it's certainly a blend. I think NFTs and Web three. I think we've definitely hitched our wagon onto Art Basel. We're like, well, this is already here. It's creative. It's similar to to kind of Winwood. If you're familiar with the Winwood walls, it's mm-hmm. it's a little already alternative, right? It's a graffiti, street art, that kind of stuff. Not the things that you would find at Basel proper, the the convention center, right? Mm-hmm. So um, already there there's space for creativity. So I, I don't think that we're outsiders. We're just now a new element that's in the mix, and I don't think we're going anywhere because NFTs aren't going anywhere. So um, things ebb and flow, but uh, I think. Basel will be a place we're already talking about it we'll see you next year it's almost a given that we're going to return every year now for and where we are at in Miami it almost doesn't matter like it is it doesn't matter if we're not in the convention center proper uh, wherever we decide to meet I think Miami is just Miami in December is is a hub spot for for creativity Lovox, what was your uh no now granted you know we made our call to go <laughs> <laughs> literally like for 30 hours but uh you know we didn't we made sure FOMO didn't get the best of us what was your overall feel this year and just the uh the vibe that you felt going around the city you know uh, I I think that last year made more of an impact on me I mean we we truly had our own standalone installation that we could visit every day and I love the idea of people who've never heard of Aku before coming in, seeing that huge installation and just being blown away by it, right? So I, I think that that, uh, looking back now, comparing it to last year, there's something to be said about having a standalone exhibit that people can come visit and really be indoctrinated into the Aku world for the first time. Now, this year was much more of a sniper approach. You know, I do have a couple of selected projects that I went for, so I don't think it was as immersive as it was last year, but uh, just kind of a different experience for me. Yeah, I, I I definitely, you know, think that like, like this was very uh, selective in a mission, you know, uh, we were able to do really my two favorite projects that I'm a part of, Aku and Ferocious. Um, the party is always good to kind of see people and, mm-hmm. and reconnect. It, it's always just so, you know, weird because like you talk to these people, and then I I didn't even know Sturpan was at the um, at the damn party, and we had him on the show, and <laughs> and I, I like I saw a picture, and I was like, how did I miss him? It wasn't like you know, we, sure, we, uh, you know, the the basketball arena for a party. So um, well, the one thing I've noticed is that it, it it takes me personally a few moments of meeting someone to really kind of ingrain them that that's who you are. You know, um, so I've definitely met people twice, three times even. And they're like, oh, OK. Uh, and then the next time you won't forget them. Right. You're friends for life. Yeah. Did you um, see the Instagram like like I I'm trying to piece together with uh, Micah had mm-hmm. like the, the fireside chat, if you will, with the whole Instagram thing. Did you happen to go to that or do you know where like if, I, I can't, I can't place the timeline on when that happened. So I, I missed that. I think that was at the Gateway, the NFT Now Gateway, which was mm-hmm. somewhere in Miami. I think it was downtown Miami. Um, 
when you when you went there it was weird because like the streets were all blocked off and there was a lot of construction um but it, it was cool i didn't go to that one uh, i i was able to catch the rd talk like the last talk he did on the last day um so i didn't even know about the instagram announcement until we got back how important has the addition to rd in this project been especially in such a big arena like basil where I mean, he kind of took center stage. Like he was mm -hmm. running all over, and you know, and talking everywhere. I mean, kudos to Summer and Micah as well. Uh, right. But RD definitely was was all over the place. I think RD is great for. Uh, he's a valuable asset for Aku, our community, because he be, has become the de facto mouthpiece, you know, for for everything. Because um, Micah, Summer, uh, everyone else is is hustling behind the scenes for you know so they can't be as front and center as they they would want to be um so who better than rd right i mean you've seen how how well he can talk you know his his production value it's 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 great so we're lucky to have him i i i totally agree He's, he he just has that broadcaster voice that i've been trying to practice for 20 years oh come on no you got it down so quick question, in terms of the um, what we call the, the Aku-verse and everything Aku, what do you think we do well? You know, what do we do well when it comes to championing our message or when it comes to the art of the NFTs? Like what, what, what resonates with you? And then conversely, you know, mm -hmm. what, what can we improve? Like what, what have we kind of dropped the ball with in your opinion? So I think something that we do very well is our, our character, like the character of the people who are involved in the community. I think we very much self-select for great qualities. Aku is such a, a unique story that is not primarily about money, right? In the NFT space, a lot of it is how much money can we make? Um, you know, when are we going to the moon? Um, and we're, we're trying to reach a different moon. So if you're, if you're attracted to Aku and the Aku story, you're intrinsically already um, have a, a certain values that you align yourselves with. And so I think that really builds for a very unique and rich community. Um, if you're here, you're here for a purpose. Where was, uh, where was the first, like when you, you know, you're talking about this purpose and stuff. So, so let's, let's take it back. Like when sure. first kind of like, what was your first like NFT introduction, what you bought? Um, yeah. And then how did you, uh, like like your uh, Aku journey, how did you hear about Aku? The origin story, right? That's funny. <laughs> this was like in 20, 2020, um, Nifty Gateway, right? So my friend, who might be well-known in the in the NFT space now, is um, Hernan, Hernan Ortiz, who's also a moon god, uh, goes by Nani Malissimo. He's the one who got me into NFTs. Um, I got him into crypto prior so when he told me, bro, you got to like check out this NFT stuff. Uh, Trevor Jones is going to drop this. So I, he recruited me to help him get a Trevor Jones piece. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you know, put all my stuff in. Okay, I'll help you out. Um, and I didn't get it. He did. But I, I didn't work. I didn't know how the mechanics worked. As you know, it's very tricky. You have to be very fast. So I was like, this will be a breeze. Of course, I'll help you. And then sold out immediately. I'm like, what, what the hell? So that was my first touch point with with NFTs. And then I was already on Nifty Gateway. So I bought a few things. And then I was hooked. I was like, this is great. Being an artist prior, it made sense. I know art. I know crypto. Of course, if you put them 
both together. It just makes sense for me. I can see how other people, it's like, why would I pay for a JPEG? Why would I? But I, I understood the value um, pretty much immediately. Um, you fast forward a little bit to chapter one. And, you know, when you're on Nifty Gateway, you you always pay attention to what the projects are that are coming out. This looks good. What am I going to get into? And, the, it, you know, seeing the the young black boy in, in a space helmet um, walking through that gallery with the music, it just made sense. It clicked immediately. It was like, this is something I want to be a part of. This is something I want to own. This is important for representation, um, which is very important to me. Um I didn't know how big it would be. I just like, okay, this is something I want to get in on or I'm curious about. What was the first uh, couple NFTs that you bought then? Because you said the Trevor Jones drop. Was that uh, Bitcoin Angel? No, that was the bull. That was his bull series. Yeah. Okay. Which I, I very much regret not being better at clicking. <laughs> um, oh, wow. That, that's, that's legitimate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, come on stubby fingers how did you <laughs> um yeah, yeah. The, the early nifty gateway days it was set your alarm every day like go after mm -hmm. everything everything was that, that was that was some fun days of course i've got some stuff that like i really like like uh you know i i show them all the time my favorite artist uh just you know, just for art is a guy named Ted Chin. He does the mm -hmm. whole like landscape stuff, and I think it's uh, I just think it's amazing. You know, and I've got no reason to ever think he's going to be Rembrandt or anything, but like you, I I truly got into art and just a overall appreciation. Like now, when I travel more, like I want to see uh, museums and 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 see the art inside you know right uh, and i bet i bet that you feel more comfortable and uh going into a museum and and sort of thinking okay i know what's going on i can speak to this a little bit whereas before maybe you or someone else would be more intimidated like i don't know anything about art you know i just see you know stuff you know it's super it's super interesting that you say that because if, if i um you know fast forward four years ago and I, I go into an art dealer and then there's like an art piece for a thousand bucks i'm like you got to be kidding me like who's doing that <laughs> right <laughs> that, that's mm -hmm. that's ridiculous and now i go in a place like you know what uh, i like it that's I, possible i, I could swing that, that. Mm -hmm. yeah the nft space definitely nfts and crypto have really warped um my and other people's sense of value of what things are and how much you're willing to spend on them and it's really strange but thankfully it's it's working out so far for, the, for me the the greatest example is when the time magazine piece came out and mm -hmm. i was so excited to get the physical but i bought the digital version sure. but when the physical finally i found it in stores i bought like you know like five of them and i take it to the counter and they're like that'll be 45 dollars i was like are right. you insane for, for this, a magazine yeah, <laughs> yeah. what i pay this this is crazy mm -hmm. so you've been in since day one uh um, yes we mentioned chapter one when did you decide because because the moon god experience um right now you know like uh, in hindsight it seems like almost a no-brainer really cool but when did you make that commitment because uh, at the time it was a ten thousand dollar commitment now we thought it sure. might be years but even still um so what was it that 
when you said, you know what, I'm all in. I'm, I'm going to get all 10 chapters. Well, I think there's some genius that, that Micah or whoever the team, you know, um, put together was with, with the 10 chapters to become a moon god because that gamified the whole experience, right? Then you're like, well, it's 10. I can't, I can't not have all 10, especially if I believe in this project, believe in the people. You start meeting people. You're like, I don't want to be the odd man out. I don't want to just be... Um, moon god jr or whatever like i forget what the other tiers were um and thankful you know at the time there was more time too we're like okay it's gonna take us a few years to get to to 10 i'll, I'll figure out how to scrounge out is you know get get some money together um and i was already spending money on random nfts anyway right because in that space you were you if you're in the space you kind of committed that you're going to spend some money in this because you want to be you want to participate um so michael that was clever planning on his end um we talk, i know in your show you talk a lot about conviction it's like well how why are you so convicted to uh, uh aku and for me long term i think it, it all came down to the movie you know the movie deal and the because for me that tells me that there's guaranteed longevity to this project you know, like, okay, maybe things might be slow now or, or but if there's a movie deal or t television show deal, that's something that takes three, four, maybe even more years. This project's going to stick around. It's not going anywhere. So whatever the ups and downs are, we can keep riding this with confidence. How do we kind of keep the faith? I mean, I, I joke about the time-space continuum of the NFT community and mm -hmm. You know, it's just like a week or two goes by and we're like, good Lord, what's going on? We haven't heard anything. Any yeah. other real life, you know, like if you were at Tesla, you know, and Elon Musk hasn't, you know, given you like alpha on Tesla, like the, you would never, you would never expect that. You would never, you know, um, how, how do we, I guess, manage expectation? And, you know, even now, like I have to remind myself, you know, like especially December, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's holidays. Like, I don't expect to hear anything. And, you know, you want to kind of create momentum. The worst thing that can be is have momentum. And then, you know, everybody, you know, stops picking up their phone the last week of the year. Yeah. How do you, how do you maintain momentum, energy, and excitement? Um, I, I think it just has to be genuine. I, you, you, you can't, it's hard because you want to appease people, especially on the Discord. People, and you, you see them every now and then complaining. It's like, why are the floors low? It's like, why, why aren't you doing more? Why are you? I, I saw people giving grief about um, the Instagram project that's coming on. It's like, why are you going to do this now instead of uh, focusing on, uh, you know, all the other traits that that we were promised? Everyone wants something, so you're never going to appease everyone. The best thing that you can do as as a founder or as a as a team member for this is focus on your own mission. You know the work that you that has to get done. You know you have X, Y, and Z laterals that you need to do. Just focus on your own work and and do your best. That's all we can do. Do your best, and us as the community, we we can chip in too, right? You're doing your part. You're doing a tremendous part trying to get the word out there, getting these voices heard and these stories told. Um, and that's all you can do. You can't worry about it, you know? You, you must sleep a lot better at night than I do. <laughs> like, I'm always, not just, it's not, like, worry, like, not about, the, the floor price isn't, 
concerning. I get upset uh-huh. because sure. the, not because of that, uh, like of my pocketbook, but because I look at all the other projects and, mm-hmm. and I want to dive into this, like to know like what kind of other projects you're interested in and involved in, because, you know, I'm not in the, the doodles or the Zookies or the discords, you know, Sure. I, mean, I don't have a moon god channel that I know of, so it's like I can't imagine like just having eight thousand people constantly like chirping. Is it right. the, is it similar to our Discord? Are they happy where things are? Um, so so we'll go in that direction now. Like, what other projects are you connected to? And and just like or, like is there is there is is this like a just a NFT wide? situation where everybody's doing it we're, we're just focused on our one discord and aku and and so we just kind of hear the echo chamber so what is your, your question is is this it, an issue is it is, is this like is this just something that we're kind of feeling in our space or kind of like the low in yeah in, like in, like in our, like like should we be as an aku fan world should mm-hmm. we be expecting more or are we getting more than what like an Azuki, a doodles or, or or community like that, um, you know, is getting, what, what, what do you think? Um, well, I think one thing to remember is that we're in a bear market, right? In crypto and that leaches into crypto, not only crypto, but like the world, we're in like a world recession, right? Worldwide recession. Nobody has money. Nobody has money to spend. Um, the fact that we're even kind of still hanging on says a lot that we're willing to pay for these JPEGs um in in such a time um uh, so that's one thing to consider is, is sort of like the macroeconomic scope but things are down things will bounce back thing in a few years probably like 2024 2025 there's going to be another boom and everyone will get crazy and excited again so i think the best thing you could do is just set yourself up for that build you know it's cliche but you build in the bear market um and I forgot what the other part of the question was just kind of like what the projects are that you're involved. Oh, sure. So I'm mostly involved in people, like community-based projects. So uh, Aku, um, I have some Fooshis. I don't. I'm not too involved in the community aspect. Like I don't know too many of the community members there. Uh, I'm big into Trevor Jones. I went to the castle party in in Scotland this year. Uh, I just bought my tickets for uh, France, where it's going to be next year. Uh, that was super cool because a lot of uh, uh, the Aku people were there too. You know, there, there's a lot of cross section mm-hmm. of. I think it's cool because you you meet people, right? You, you it means something. Uh, so I'm involved in that. Art wise, I'm really into like yourself. I'm not into the Azukis, the Apes, the 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 10K projects, but I, I got into Tezos. I'm sure you've heard of the Tezos platform. Uh, so I discover artists there, build these little communities, made some friends from internationally, you know, Latin America, Indonesia, Asia. Uh, so I'm more focused on, I guess, the art, art and people right now. Fawocious is interesting. His, his discord is, (laughs) I, I, I pop in every now and again and I just, it's kind of like, ah, that's still going on, but it's 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 very weak uh right but i mean the artist it's and the art itself uh speaks volumes mm-hmm. it's uh i love our community what could i say 
And yeah. I finally feel like I found a place in, in all this to belong to. I remember a few years ago, they had the meetup in New York City. Um, and I went on a, you know, I was a member of the community, but I didn't know anybody. So I really kind of put myself out there. I was like, let me go meet these strangers that I met on the internet. And our one connection is that we own the same kind of digital file. Uh, it, it was super weird, but it was it was great. I encourage more people to come out to these kinds of things. Are you? Do you own a Mega OG as well? Yes, yes, I do. It's uh, there. He is right. Oh, that's your guy. Well, yeah, that's my guy. Uh -huh. As somebody who's, I think you have a great um, pulse on the NFT industry and just the <clears> overall <throat> kind of. Um, just how the cycle moves in your mind what would be a great way to utilize the ip for your moon god if you were interested in doing something like that personally yeah personally personally it's i think it's very difficult um because we're, we're not the only ones who who give ip right you have uh the the, the apes right the board at yop club they they have ip as well and i can't think of how many people are doing anything with that? There's 10,000 of those. How many people are building businesses around their ape? I, I, I think it's a great opportunity. It's a great thing, but not everyone is built to be a, uh, an entrepreneur. Not everyone is going to make a business and turn their IP that they have the right to into something big. Um, if I ever do something, I think it would it would be more to increase the visibility of Aku, right? So I, I would maybe take my mega and then use that to leverage Aku because that's the whole reason I'm here. The only reason my mega would have value is because Aku is doing so well, right? So they, they kind of go hand in hand. I, I can't imagine when it, a time where I would take my mega and then, you know, build a hardware business and rely just on that. I don't know. It, it's very synchronous uh entangled removing yourself from it and looking for looking at it from more of a you know a, a macro view do you see mm -hmm. any other like big use cases for the ip behind those megas if, if you're like hey maybe i can't do it but i think x would be a fantastic idea yeah absolutely and but that comes back to who is good at being a businessman owner right if you are a good entrepreneur and you can leverage your mega that's amazing, especially if it has unique characteristics or qualities. Um, I know a few uh, mega OGs who they've already started creating a Twitter. Like, for example, you create a persona that's for your mega. And, and that's what it's going to take. You have to kind of build up the brand and recognizability of, of this character, your character. I usually jump... Uh... Lovebox usually brings this up, but I, I, I can't wait anymore. Um, <laughs> are you an Akutar person or a chapter person? We find that uh, the needle gets pointed one way or sure. the other. I don't know, man. I, I think I'm just an Aku person. Can well, I, am okay. I allowed to be that? Do I have to oh, pick? Yeah, no, that's not how the game works. That's okay. I'll play so the game. You got, you got uh, <clears throat> we'll use a big number. You've got $10,000, but you have to choose yeah. the chapters or Akutar. Um, and then I'll, I'll have to go Akutar, I think. Um, the I, I love the chapters. They're beautiful. They're a piece of history. But I think the Akutars, in terms of a money going forward value standpoint, that that's where 
uh, I think the future would be because there's so many different traits. If you get a good trait, you know, you get, you can start building the IP. You can start building the brand off of, of these unique little characters um, as the story develops. So I think I was a little skeptical at first when, when Aquatars dropped, I was like, Oh, are we going to fall into this now? Are we going to have the 10 K 15 K project? And we're just going to be another one of these, but I think it, it was a great move. And I think it has kind of, kept us relevant if that makes sense in in this space i think it's uh it's almost required you mm -hmm. know and i liked you know you hate to bring it up but like everything the way that it built up you know where the chapters got you the passes and and then the agreement to do like the duck auction it you know linux and i are uh you know poker players and we just i just call that it was it was the one outer on the river you know it's like it's like we i we were counting our chips and then boom you know mm -hmm. uh that that the one card that could hit hit and uh and derailed a lot of things and then of course right on the heels of crypto winter it's like you know timing is so important in this space like you know not we don't know what would have happened you know you you, you can't you know kind of played that game but like you know if akutars come out you know around the same time as the apes come out like mm -hmm. are we just a pfp project that's just super strong you know and and um you know we went a different way and then uh i don't know it, it, it's it's you just hate to play that game and um i think when we look at it like like for you yeah the the whole Black Friday thing, like was it a Friday? Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. It was a Friday. Yeah. I had a. Uh, I'll have him on the show, but uh, Big Dirty Dan. Uh, mm -hmm. He uh, he he's one of my closest friends, and we had reservations at a nice steak right. dinner. You know, to celebrate, like, and go through the reveal and look at everything, and instead. We're listening to Discord and Micah and Summer. That was heavy. That was very heavy. I'll yeah. tell you. And you know, more than anything, I, I was I was sad. You know, when that happened, I wasn't disappointed. I personally wasn't disappointed. Um, of like, oh, the money, you all my stuff. It, it was. I, I felt a sadness of a fellow creator, who in in his greatest moment had to go through these tribulations, and it was very hard. And I, I commend Mike and the team that they've been able to bounce back. You know, they did what they said. We're going to rebuild brick by brick and we're going to march forward with this. So we're still here. It's, you know, it, when you watch the movie, it's only going to be two hours long. When mm -hmm. you live the movie, it's a little long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. You know, um, I want to kind of just touch on, uh, like, kind of your background, you know. All right. Uh, you know, Bodega, Jose. Yeah. Where cool. Where does that kind of, you know, I don't like to assume, but I'm... I'm no, please. A Hispanic background. Yes. Uh-huh. So um, my... my uh-huh. I'll let you finish. So a Hispanic background kind of... I, I want to know what the community, the Hispanic community, not that you're the spokesperson... But what, is there like an embrace um, like uh, from the Hispanic community in this space? And certainly 
uh, that you've seen even with Aku potentially like onboarding? Oh, for this space. Uh, so one of the reasons I got into um, Aku specifically was was because it was a, a minority led project. Right. And that was very important to me, especially in, in a space that every, you know, the creators, a lot of the um, uh, the leaders in the space, they're, they're all white men. That's just how it is. That's how it goes with business or crypto. And so I, I found through Micah and the project and the character of Aku somewhere where I can kind of uh, identify more with. I also have a young son who's um, he's now five. And so thinking of his future, what do I want that to look like? What do I want his dreams to be? Uh, so it all made sense. It was the perfect project for me to kind of uh, actually put my energy towards instead of just a financial sort of uh, transaction. Uh, my background, I'm, my family's from Ecuador. Right? I was born here in America, but my family's Ecuadorian. So it, it's uh, my Latinidad is very important to me. I, uh, I wrote a book couple of years ago yes, of course the bartending therapist um the cover of my book is uh, a picture of me on a swing and it looks like i'm swinging in the clouds it's a place called a swing on the edge of the world oh mm -hmm. Banos, ecuador in banos yeah of yeah. course so that's it's beautiful that's over there that, uh, i love ecuador uh i did not know exactly where this swing was when i booked the trip <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so I had to take a seven-hour uh, bus bus ride, ride from Quito through the mountains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, like I had an, uh, an interchange where I had to get it off one bus and on the other, and I'm like, which bus? And they're like, you know, Amarillo, Amarillo. I'm like, they're mm -hmm. all Amarillo, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I managed to get there, and it, it was uh, it was truly an amazing experience. And uh, mm -hmm. definitely, I love I live in LA, so. Uh, just has latino food is is huge for us yeah um so sorry about the little bit of a tangent so no. so have you is is there i thought one of the one things and not a negative but uh but one of the biggest ways we potentially drop the ball with the akutars is not having more representation of different countries like holding the flags sure yeah or just like the jackets and things um is is south american countries like are they really kind of uh from, from your experience like 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 are they exposed enough to this space yet and and also like i i, mm -hmm. I, I imagine like uh it would have been pretty cool to pick up an ecuadorian uh of course yeah, if, if Ecuador had a flag, I would have 100% done anything, dropped two ETH or whatever. It doesn't matter. I want that because it's me. It's my representation. Mm -hmm. We had this conversation actually over dinner with some other people in the community. I was like, don't you wish there was more flags and, you know, we should have picked this one or that one. And in my head, I'm like, well, where does it end? You know, you're not going to have 200 or however many countries there are flags. You can't... Well, you know, you at some point you have to draw the line of which ones are, are picked and maybe they're picked for. I'm sure some of them weren't even picked for the country itself, but for the aesthetics, right, that that look good on cause some of them. Some flags are just fields of color and you can't really do too much with them. Um, so th to that point, hey, I'm not represented in the flag in the Akutar. It's OK, man. It's all right. I, they're, they're, I disagree with that. I disagree. I, oh, I disagree you just, okay. Yeah, I, I think that 
when we have the message of bringing worlds together and all the different communities that are out there, like if you had mm-hmm. a chance to get your flag, you know, one thing that uh, Jay Wow and I did, we, we interviewed Wiggles. I, I believe it was Wiggles. And he said mm-hmm. the reason why, in his opinion, the reason why Bored Apes were so successful where they allow people to truly find their identity, right? So yes. imagine you're somebody from some obscure country and you there, there's no way to identify. There's no way to find a PFP that resonates with you. So sure. if I'm from, you know, somewhere in the Middle East and I have my flag, it just, it's so, 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 so meaningful. I don't think that they thought about it when it was going on, but in my opinion, right. like for my, my father is from Barbados, right? So if mm-hmm. I had a chance to get a Barbadian flag, much like you, I would right. do anything to acquire that and it's forever my PFP. So I do think there was a monumental opportunity that we had that may have been missed. I I agree with you that it would be a great. I think my where I push back a little bit is to what end, right? We have so, fifteen thousand of them, though. I mean, we we can't incorporate. You, know, you could do more, right? You could have had a few more. You could have maybe had every you know uh, uh, region, a few more, you know. Done the tally, like okay, two from here, two from this continent, at least two. Certainly, more could have been done, but but to do all of them, you might have, you might have been able to, but I think I think the team probably came, you know, they they weighed the the ups and downs of that. Um, so you're right, but I so how do we address that? It would have been great. Well, think of Nigeria, right? I think that there's a Nigerian trait. Correct there me is. if I'm wrong. Yes. Yes. That's pretty that's pretty huge. Imagine being from Nigeria and being like, wow, I have a PFP of my country. So we're we're just kind of I'm I'm complaining because I didn't get my country. You know what I mean? So but I, I agree. It's it, we want to uh back to your point of like, do do we feel like the Latino community is is represented in this space? Um I, I bring up Tezos again because I think that's where a lot of the Latin community that I've encountered starts out with because it's it's accessible. The fees were low, especially when, when Ethereum was high. So they've really built a community there and then they've kind of poured it over into ETH. Um, so widely, I, don't, I think there's still a lot of work to be done, but I think artists find the way. They, they, they find their own communities and niches uh, where, where they can thrive. I, the reason I I kind of brought that up was you know we saw El Salvador uh, kind of a you know really adopt crypto. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of friendly crypto uh, countries in the Caribbean islands. You know, mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, uh, Grenada. You know, and so um, obviously we Brazil is represented uh, in the Akutar trades. You know. I, I, you just, you, you know, I mean, I, I'm not plugged in, you know, to, to know what, um, what's going on. And, uh, I'm just always kind of curious, um, mm-hmm. what that is to your point about the flags and just to kind of be mediator, you know, we can't change <laughs> what the Akutars are now. Right. Uh, but I think that one thing, what, you know, going forward is, uh, what it really speaks volumes to is we, we preach like community involvement. And I think that was a great example of where maybe if the, if there was some ideas or just, you know, some, um, what do they call it? Like focus grouping had happened a little bit. Right. More. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause to your point, yeah. Like, like there's, I think there's, you know, roughly 
350 countries in the world or something, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't like, it'd be very difficult to represent. And then there's countries that, you know, are so tiny, you know, like, it, you know, who, where do you pick it? But with that said, that wouldn't inherently make them rare. You know, like if there was only one Tonga or sure. one um, Singapore or, one Yemen or, or whatever, like then that makes it rare, even if you know rarity tools doesn't make it rare. I, I again, it's just a great lesson going forward. Like, if there's ever something else, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's going to be missteps along the way. Yeah, you live. It, it, I don't want to keep litigating the past of like what could have been, but now they have the 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 um the mega chapters, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not too involved with that, but I know a lot of community members are involved in scripting that out and and leading the creative there. So I think that's a great opportunity for people to get involved with what the next steps of of creation will be. So I that's something that we haven't really discussed that much. And mm-hmm. as an artist yourself, uh, now I live in LA, you know, uh, you go to Starbucks and you know, you you run into two or three people with their laptops writing the great, you know, the next great Breaking mm-hmm. Bad TV series or whatever. Writers are everywhere. Um, I look at that, and I and I was uh, involved with like uh, Spiros and you know, in that whole like Zoom meeting and stuff. And I thought, man, this is really cool that we all can kind of participate. Yeah. However. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking hard to write something good. Yeah. It, even harder to write something. And, and so, like, it's like there's no criteria. It's like, okay, we got these megas, so that means we can be a part of it and we can kind of chip in. But at the same time, I'm like, and, and you know, I wrote a book, you know, mm-hmm. like, am I, for 20 years, I've been, you know, writing, uh, you know, like as a journalist and things like that too. And no way in hell would I touch writing a script for this with a 10-foot pole. Right. Because I just, I can't conceptualize, you know. Uh, I feel, I think that I, you speak to, I'm not involved. And I think I've kind of removed myself from it because I, I got overwhelmed. Kind of, I don't know what the channel's like, but I, I imagine it's everyone kind of jockeying for position of like trying to get their idea in there. In the writer's room, you want to, you want to, you're slip your idea in there. And I, I guess I'm, I don't have the energy right now for that. And I also, I'm not a writer. I'm not a, I've never written for a show. I've never produced like a, a thing uh, like that. So I felt that wasn't the space for me to participate. But it's another, it's another channel for those who, who do want to be more involved yeah i i i like i'm kind of like it, it's cool like like it's just even writing the format of a script like mm-hmm. conceptualizing it like like 45 seconds is literally like a page and a half and if you don't know what you're how to write that way like i can easily write this elaborate you know idea but it's going to take forever. I mean, just adapting books into movies and things like that. That's why the book is always better than the movie, you know? Um, interesting stuff. Uh, we we are kind of getting close to our hour mark, so we like to get to more of the uh, the fun. Uh, Let's get yeah. Let's have fun. Uh, food is very important 
from me and Love Ox. Um, we, how many Cuban sandwiches do we have? We, we were only <laughs> in Miami for 30, 30 hours or so. <laughs> I, th- I think we had a, a Cuban sandwich uh, at every meal while we were there. Well, where else are you going to get a good one, right? So pack it in. So I'm going to go today's uh today's question is being close to new york in new york oh boy uh-huh. um best place to get uh i and i'm gonna keep it broad i'm just gonna say uh hispanic food okay hispanic food because I, I like i like i've i've i feel like ecuador uh like i've been to peru colombia a lot like mm-hmm. there's a lot of ceviche there's yeah. obviously, you know, um, like there's the ceviche. There's all three countries. They have the fish, like the full fish that was fried, <laughs> like yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in New York or in the world, like you've got to get one Hispanic meal. Where are we going? Um, I, I, I'll give you top two. So you sure. I won't give you names of restaurants because I'm not that familiar. So growing up Hispanic, we didn't really go to many Latin restaurants, right? Because that's the food you eat at home. Mm. You know what I mean? And so my when I go out to eat, it's almost never like Latin food. You know, I love Asian food and, you know, that Asian food of all sorts. That That's my stuff. But uh, Latin food, Queens, you want to go to Queens for sure. Basically, anywhere where there's a high concentration of Latin people, that's where you want to go to get the authentic stuff. Uh, Would focus on Peruvian food. They do it really well. I'd say even better than Ecuador. Um, They do a good chicken, you know. If you're familiar with Pio Pio, they're a good uh, starting point for Peruvian food. So I've learned something. Mm -hmm. Latinos don't go out to eat Latino food makes a lot of sense because you got the best kitchen in the house right, right. yeah and you're, you're not sick of it but like i've already eaten that i want something new i mean the whole point of cuisine is trying different things and kind of experiencing the world there right i know 100 percent where love ox is going after you mentioned asian cuisine love mm-hmm. ox take it away you do and that's, that's exactly where i was going to <laughs> i am i am a connoisseur of ramen and i think chicago probably has in my mind, in my estimation, the best ramen in the world, right? Really? So I think you've said yeah, this, yeah. I can take you to a couple of places that you like. You know, this one place, it's like, uh, it's in the suburbs, actually. It's not in Chicago. Uh-huh. And it's next to a grocery store and a laundromat. And it is mm. it is lights out. It is phenomenal. Where, right. where, where should I go for ramen in the great uh, state of New York? Man, you're asking the wrong guy. I'll be you're honest. You're not a ramen I mean, person. Oh, I like ramen, but I, I'm not a... I don't know that I know I don't know a lot, man. I don't get out too much. You know what I, I mean? I got I get family. It. I get it. I <laughs> but, do you do you mess with pho? Or is I, it? I like it. I like the food. Okay. It's I'm disappointing you guys. I, I don't have the wealth of knowledge of, of where to go eat here. I would I would honestly just be like, just yelp it and then you know oh. <laughs> yelp That's and then sort by the best. Well, I will say Loveox gave a, our listeners a valuable tip. If you mm-hmm. ever want great ramen, and I'll even throw in uh, sushi, uh, mm-hmm. you got to go to the place that's in a strip mall. Like, <laughs> like, like, really? especially for sushi. 
it, well, I, it's a it's a known fact in Los Angeles. You go to yeah. the Valley and you find a sushi place in a strip mall, and that's the best sushi you're ever going to find. Um, that's an LA thing. I can't mm-hmm. speak to that, you know, if you're eating sushi in Kansas. Uh, but certainly, like, the ramen joints is 100% like you, you go to uh, a strip mall. Um, since food was a, such a terrible whiff on our part, then we got to go travel. Uh, you get uh-huh. choices. Um, where uh, Where is a place that you want to go that's not necessarily like a, a bucket list of, like, 99% of people on earth like but a specific bucket list item to you and when i say mm. 99 i mean like a lot of people want to see the pyramids a lot of people want to see like yeah. the great wall but like something that's kind of unique to you that you really want to go check out you know there's a that place in jordan um that, that was featured in like indiana jones you know so it's kind of like carved out of the side of a mountain um i thought that would be cool like, Were the West Crusade? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, that that was that's pretty sweet. I, I feel bad that I don't even know the name of it. I should have researched this beforehand. Um, for me, in travel, you just want to experience either one of two things: either people, like seeing people, or getting awe. You know, you want to find some awe in the world, whether that's in nature or in architecture. So anywhere that you can kind of seek that out and discover. Um, also like somewhere you could see the stars like i would love to see the the bright uh night sky see all the stars in their in their majesty like on top of a mountain or an observatory uh here you can do that in like hawaii for example so things like that is what i would really like to seek out the northern lights for example so northern lights you gotta check that out in iceland that's like one of my favorite countries ever and like it's such a great they actually have uh if you fly iceland air they have what's called like the blue lagoon layover where you can fly into iceland on your way to europe and have like a 24-hour layover yeah yeah i have to do that it's really cool um yeah i i think that's uh i i hadn't thought about that awe like that awe moment um I had that in your country of Ecuador. Of course. Yeah. I haven't even ridden that swing. So good for you. Yeah. Well, Banos is an amazing little town city. Like mm-hmm. they have like the tallest bridge, which I also jumped off like kind of like a bungee jump. There's like a waterfall that runs right in the middle. It's, uh, it's I beautiful. Believe, um, it's like holy water. Uh, like people bathe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There was an apparition or vision or something like that. So we have a lot of that in Ecuador. Yeah, <laughs> people see things and then they make a monument in the church, and you know. <laughs> well, Mexico is the number one country for uh, UFO sightings and fake really? UFO videos. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's the problem is they have the most sightings, mm-hmm. but they like there's so many videos that are always coming out, and they. 100% belief, you know, like, and and it's like, no, that was just like a deflating balloon floating in the sky. Not, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, Lovox, do you have anything left uh, for our guy? Uh, yeah, I guess in closing, um, I'll bring him back around to Wakuda to shut it down. Uh, you know, anything you'd like to see in 2023? 
is there one thing that kind of pop up and like, wow, they, they accomplished that. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Mm. So two things, I really want to see where Cribs goes. I think it's really cool. Um, I think there's a lot of promise there. You know, finally we're going to have these characters that are rigged for this environment. We're going to be able to run around and, uh, uh, interact and do whatever we got to do in there. It's, so it's, it's nice that our digital identity will have a place to be. I think that's pretty cool. So development on that end. What I'd really love to see more of, I think, is getting down to the roots of of sort of education. You know, it's like, how can we turn this project back towards students, towards, you know, enriching uh, underprivileged communities and, and building these dreams and pathways? So I think... I'd love to see more on that end. Beautiful. And we always close the show by asking you, who is the one person that you would like to see on the podcast? And of course the caveat is you have to help us get them. Of course. Um, I'll give you two. First I'll say uh, Candido Crespo, who is an artist friend of mine, uh, you know, fraternity brother. And he's also a moon God. So he, I, he'll do a quick plug. We actually do a podcast together called The One Love Art Sessions. So please look for us out there on iTunes and all your favorite <laughs> platforms. Uh, One Love Art Sessions. Follow us on Twitter. The So yeah, he would be great to talk to. Um, and he is an educator as well. So I think he would provide a unique perspective on Aku and his involvement there. And then secondly would be uh, Hernan, Hernan Ortiz, Nani Malissimo. Uh, again, he's big in the space. I think he works for Maker's Place right now. Um, so he would provide a great kind of insight into the NFT community broadly. That's great. Closing uh, closing words, Lovox. Uh, the words are closed. I've got nothing else. Well, in that case, uh, Jose, want to say, man, awesome. Uh, I've got I've got to show this off. Uh, it's hard it's hard to see there you go <laughs> I kind of see it um, you've got it posted on your Twitter we'll tag you on your Twitter uh, amazing art um, really appreciate that it was a very kind gift uh, at the Forish's party and, and an even better gift is uh, being connected with you and having you on today uh, it's what this community is all about and um, you know we talk about like the education element like this is the best part of the podcast for me is just getting to learn, getting yeah. perspective. And, uh, you know, you're an example of how sharp so many of our uh, Aku moon gods are. And so I want to say thank you again for uh, coming on. Um, for all the viewers that have made it to the end of the episode, do not forget, uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, do all those things, help us get the word out so um, people can kind of understand just how important this community is. Uh, Aku is a movement, and we're helping it move along. So for that, Jose, Lovox, I'm JYLAX, and we will see you next time. <laughs>